Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprofit.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. That's not the profane, talking about defilement. As I prayed this morning, here before you, the congregation, I spoke about a lifestyle. And I, I want to, just for a moment, to speak about that. Things about following after God that, that will produce blessings in our lives is not something that does or can happen overnight. The church told us that once we became, we came into Jesus, Yeshua, that blessed God that, you know, that we could use His name and everything would, everything would turn up roses, and guess what? It didn't. And then we had all these excuses that were given to us throughout the years and the generations as well why it didn't work. But as everything happens with God, it comes to a time and a place. And it has now come to that time, and it's now come to the place. There are numbers of areas of which you have to overcome in your life in order to be successful as a child of God and to be able to use the blessings which have been bestowed upon us, all right? Now, we have been, from the beginning, uh, trying to be very ardent about the process, trying to tell you that it will not happen overnight because there are a number of areas in our lives that have to be contended with. Now, the, the problem with lifestyle change is it just doesn't happen overnight because we're animals of habit. And so if you're into, and we talked about last night, uh, uh, bless God, uh, judgmental spirits, if you're in, into judging, you're not, one, uh, folks, I'm sorry, but one prayer just isn't going to end that in your life. If it could, we could change the world. First the church and then the world, okay? But it doesn't work that way. It is a process of which you begin and then as the old as the old rabbi did, the Rebbe, he put he decided he would list his sins every day. Now I'm gonna tell you something. I got into that years ago and I was very disappointed in myself at the end of the week when I when I when I looked at the scoreboard, okay? Had more sin than I had righteousness. In time it began to shift. And maybe that maybe that's not a bad idea. When I used to teach it, I used to teach it along those lines saying that you need to write down every day, just as that old rabbi did, your sins. At the end of the week, look that, get that paper and look it over and say, wow, I didn't sin as much this week as I did last week or last month. Now, now, now here's the problem with it. How many of you have ever been on a diet besides me? Okay? You know the problem, right? I can jump into that baby, and I'm going to tell you I can make a month Oh, I'll tear it up for a month. Then what happens? Well, you know. And the same thing happens with this. We get excited about it. We know it's the truth. 
But yet at the same time, we get we get chugging along. Now we have we have talked about previous quarterlies. You know, we've got into fasting and prayer. We've got into the fruit of the spirit. We started out getting you uh, lined up with understanding what the purpose of temptation was all about to start out with. Those areas, those areas of faith. You know, we did the thing about faith that'll raise the dead. Those those areas are areas that you have to. You're never going to just say, well. I've got this down, and I'm just not going to have to work on it anymore. And so what happens in this, and the dangers of coming to this, these quarterlies, is this. I'm going to keep feeding you. Does any of you remember when we first started that would have been here, and I said, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to feed you enough word that it's either going to bring you in or it's going to run you off. You remember me saying it? Well, this is why. Because I, as a prophet... This isn't the, the, the good side of a prophet. I expect you to have learned what's been taught. Now, if I was given an exam today, and I was one of those old school masters back uh, when my dad was a boy that carried that, that ruler around and smacked everybody with it, most of you in this room would get a smacking this morning because we're animals of habit. We started, we jumped in it, and then we stopped. And what I'm doing here with defilement is trying to bring maybe uh, a lump of all of this stuff together to begin to get you to understand that there's some of this stuff you just ain't going to get away with. And if you'll get smart enough, see, uh, the blessings of God are there. He instilled them within the earth, and we receive them as we do what? As we please the Father. So as we please Him in return, He, he does what? He rewards us with His blessings. In order to please him, and last night we touched on it, it's every word that proceedeth out of the Father's mouth. Okay? Now it's going to take a while. So, and I know, I got folks, I got so frustrated, it seemed like I'd take one step that direction, about ten that way. And I, I mean, I get so frustrated with myself, I get so frustrated with, you know, with everything that the, the blessed God that was going on around me, even because I knew it wasn't gaining. But you will gain. You will gain because there's purposes and reasons behind all these things. And once you begin to, to grasp onto it, you're going to find out that the blessed God, yeah, right now some of you are saying, man, I, well, you know, I'm doing, I'm the fast, the prayer, uh, blessed God, the, you know, getting all the faith things, but get my mouth where I don't say the wrong things. Yeah, that's all part of this thing. And you have to keep working. But, but I'm going to tell you something. You can make this. You know how I know and how I can guarantee you that you can? I did. And I had to go through it. Everybody has to go through it. That's the reason, again, I, I keep saying that the terrible thing that we got going on is that we were told when we came, came, became Christians that all of our problems basically was going to be over. All right? Just say the name of Jesus and they're going to disappear. And again, we found out that that just didn't quite work that way. And then we just got going to church because we were going to church. And then all of a sudden, somebody stood up and said, the king is naked. And that's what prophets do. And that's what I have done throughout the United States. Does the church like it? No, the church isn't going to like it. But uh, me and the church have never got along very well anyway, so I, I don't lose any sleep over it now. I don't know whether they do or not. I, I have no idea. Let's go to the book of Hosea this morning. The book of Hosea. We're going to get this all done. I, I just don't know how long it's going to take me. I... <laughs> I guess we, you know, I, I I always say, well, I don't think you've got a whole lot to do. You know, you're hearing 
Fairfield, Illinois, there's not a lot to do after 10 o'clock at night, so probably after 8 o'clock, you know, if you knew the truth. The fourth chapter and the first verse, Hosea 4, 1. Hear the word of the Lord, you children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Now, you know, I, for years I read over the word nor mercy. Now, that's not talking about God's mercy. That's talking about my mercy toward you. This is, this is talking about not only in what was taking place then, but to parallel it as to what is taking place today. Often the Word of God does that. Now, uh, because it says that there is no truth in the land. I know as a prophet of God, the truth is far and few in between in the land. We've got bits and pieces. We've got people that are, that, you know, that, that are into the faith movement. And, and we were told within that movement, if we could just get that all right, everything else would be okay. And guess what? Again, it didn't work. It didn't happen. But here's the part. There's no mercy. You see, the Scripture says in the 24th chapter of Matthew, it talks about the fact in the, you know, in these last days, that bless God, that the, the love of many will wax cold because of iniquity. The love of many will wax cold. And that's talking about the church. It's talking about the believers. And the reason is there's no mercy. People are not merciful anymore. People, people don't understand if, if I'm merciful toward you, then I will receive mercy from God. Now, we're talking defilement, folks. Well, they got what they deserve. They what? No, that's not your place. Number one, you judge. Number two, you show no mercy. You have to understand that our place is what? Is to love one another. That's, that's our place. Our place is to be certain, and I'm going to talk about in a little while, about sowing discord. How the God, Lord God said, you know, He said, hey, that's an abomination to me, people that sow discord. Now, Abomination is real simple to understand. It means that you couldn't be blessed if you lived to be Methuselah's age. Blessings don't come when you're in the midst of an abomination. as you yourself. So, so you see, in one area, you could be out here doing things right. And this is how important, again, balance to this is. And then you could be over here messing things up over here because what? what? Because there's, you have no mercy. You're not merciful toward people. We, we've, become a, we've become a hardened people. Why? Well, I mean, after all, look at all the stuff that goes on in and out of the church. I agree. I have no problems with that. have no problems with that at all. He said, and nor knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood touches blood. By swearing, lying, and killing, and stealing, committing adultery. Therefore, third verse, shall the land mourn, and every one that dwelleth therein shall languish with the beasts of the field, and with the fowls of heaven, yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. Now, this is last day stuff. Are the fish in the sea dying now? Yep. Yep, they sure are. I have said, and I will openly say this morning again, 
that God is going to see to it that America, the land of America, has its Sabbath. The land will rest for seven years. You say, what is going to happen then? All hell is going to have broken loose. And then the Lord is going to cause the land to have a Sabbath. There will be nothing produced for seven years out of the land. What do you, you say, is that nuclear? Could be. I don't know. I have no idea. But the, the, this land is going to once again have a Sabbath. See, that was the way the Lord sold to it, that the land was all had all the, the things in it to provide the fruits and the, the vegetables and, and the things that we needed to sustain our lives with was to let every seven years... It was to let the land, what, rest. And because not, the land is going to spend seven years in Sabbath. People say, well, I don't believe that. Well, you just hang on. You just hang on. Therefore thou shalt fall in the day, and the prophet also shall fall with thee in the night, and I will destroy thy mother. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. Now, the problem with all of this is that everything in that book that's called the Holy Scriptures that's on in your laps this morning, you're accountable for all of it. Well, 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 I don't like that. Well, neither do I. But I didn't make up the rules. You are accountable. That's the reason Paul said you must study to what? Show yourselves approved. You must study the Word of God in order to know what the truth is. Now, the problem is that we got caught up into these different uh, sects of, of, of uh, Christianity, and this group over here believed in sprinkling. This group over here believed in total immersion. This group over here believed in, bless God, the baptism of the Rahakadish. And this group over here believed there wasn't to be. This group over here believed that you should, the women should cover their heads when they came. This group they believed they shouldn't. This group believed this. This group believed that. This group believed this. That group. And you know what that means to God? Listen. <clears throat> All of the voting that we have done throughout the generations of the church has never changed one uh, dot or change one crossing of the T of God's Word. God is not interested in our opinion. He didn't call me and say, Decker, now what do you think of this when he decided to say, uh, here's the Ten Commandments. He was capable. Still is today. He did it all himself. He was kind enough to give these rules to us, the people, his children. Now, in order for us to keep these rules, we have to understand that the knowledge is all there. See, that, that's the reason uh, that I keep saying, and, and some of you have said to me, I don't understand why some of my family, some of my friends, can't just see, because it's so simple to see it, it's all in the book. Right? Sometimes you like to take them out back. <laughs> There's better ways. <laughs> Prayer, okay, uh, but in essence, it is. It, 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 we got we got told that oh, you don't need to do that. You know, I I, I know uh, that that every Jew that was ever been saved is told now 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 you're not under the law now, and that's what the church taught them. Because something that Paul had said, or something that happened there, and we have gone through all of that. And if you don't understand that Paul uh, wasn't uh, 
an Orthodox Jew, and that if you don't understand that Paul couldn't have broken the covenant, and if he did, he would have been stoned to death and shame on you. And see, that's how easy that controversy can be can be solved. But yet, that everybody, oh, I got scripture, I got scripture, I got scripture. Listen, people that are sitting around bringing you scripture every day, they don't know themselves what they believe. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you know that you know that you know that you know, you can't be intimidated. You can't be intimidated. As I, I don't care what you believe. It's none of my business what you believe. I'm not trying to make you believe anything. I am presenting to you an application that I believe that the church, for since, has, has bypassed. It has worked in my life, and it's working in some of your life. Some of you have, have got... Have, have given me some, some absolutely, I'm talking about glorious testimony as to how, since you are keeping Shabbat, keeping Rosh Hashanah, New Moon, keeping the, these, these festivals, how God is blessing your life. It's just the beginning, folks. See, the, and, and again, these are automatic blessings. These are blessings of blessed God that you can receive if you just start keeping them. You will receive because their blessings come with them. Now, the problem is, is this defilement thing, touching the unclean. Now, if we can get you cleaned up, if we can get you to, to, to become sin conscious, and I hope you've written that in your notes, and I hope you've circled it or underlined it in your notes, and put quotation marks around it, because if we can get you where every day that you've become sin conscious of yourself, not somebody else, not your husband, not your wife, not your kids, but you, then you are going to make some great strides into the kingdom. And I'm going to tell you something. If you'll keep score and this stuff, I'm going to, you will be absolutely... It just blew me away. I mean, at the end of the week, I go back and look at this stuff, and I get to thinking, well, no wonder God can't bless me. Look what I said here to this, this, this guy. Look what I... And, and folks, we're not even going to touch this weekend the mind. Okay? We're not, we're not going to get there. That's going to be for another weekend where we can, oh, just cast out devils and have a big time with that. <laughs> Some of you are looking at me. It's a little strange, all right? Relax. It's all right. You, you'll leave better off than when you came. Okay, we'll, we'll see to that. But it's defilement. We can get you to the place where you're, where you're not in defilement. We'll be all right. Now, listen. He said, I will also reject thee. I'm in the sixth verse, the middle of it that thou shalt be no priest to me, seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Now, let's take that and, and, and think about this for a minute. We as the church forgot the law. We forgot it. Oh, we had all these excuses again why you don't do that no more, you know. But the fact of it is, we did. And most of you in this room understand that at this point we shouldn't have, but we did, all right? It says that, he says, not only will they be rejected, but he said, he said, I'll also forget thy children. Look what's happened to our children. Look what's happened. Now, I, I, I want to back up and try to look at this for just a moment through the perspective of my great-grandfather's eyes. My great-grandfather, his children were churched. No, not just in a room called a church. They were churched at home. He set them down the Shabbat. And as they had children, then those children would come. And the children's children. But what happened to us was, 
that the great-grandfathers that were in the land at, at the time that my great-grandfather was here, the word of the Lord God was still nigh unto some of them. And bless God, they were at least teaching the principles of the kingdom where, where we could grab the hold of and morally live a good life. That's basically what Christianity was all about. I'm, not, I'm still going to heaven, all right? But basically, but you see, the law is the same thing. The law will let you have a morally a good life where you can be first connected to God and then connected one to another, and that's really what God wanted. And that's really what God is still going to have before this thing's over. But look at our children, what happened to, to my grandfather's children. Now, my grandfather's children, in this case, with my, on my mother's side, I'll speak about, uh, two sons and then my mother, uh, his daughter. They were churched, but then my two uncles got to be about 16 years old, and or, or, or right around that, and they decided that they wouldn't go to church anymore. And I, of course, I know, I don't know that either one of them has been in church again, and one of them's 88, and uh, no, one of them's 90, and one of them's 88 today, still alive. Now, what happened in between those places? Well, my grandfather, bless God, he didn't quite push, as a matter of fact, the Word of God like my great-grandfather did. Was your great-grandfather a tyrant? No. Was he a dictator? Somewhat. See, I, I'm still trying to get some of you past the shock that this isn't a democracy. God is a dictator. Okay, this prophet is a dictator. We're not here for a democratic vote as to whether we believe this to be the truth or that to be the truth. That's the reason I am who I am and you are who you are. Okay? And so I can look back and I can see that. And then, then came my father and my mother's generation. Well, they weren't churched like my great-grandfather's family was. So they, in turn, didn't church us, being their children. Now, here I am at 62 years old, and I've got children that aren't churched like my great-grandfather churched them. Not in my case, my kids, because they got church. But the fact of it is, that's what happened overall in our generation. Now we're looking at another generation down there. And listen, folks, it's almost gone. If you don't think so, you go into some of those old line Methodist, Baptist, uh, Christian denominational churches, and you know what you're going to find in great big old beautiful churches? A bunch of older people with no young people there. And that's it, isn't it? It's all that's left. And they're trying to hold on to something that isn't anything to hold on to. It's gone. And once they die off, the buildings will either be bulldozed down or somebody like me will come in and say, "Hey, I got an idea. I got a, I got a, I got an idea, you know." But that's what happened to us, and that's where he said, "Because, because, so who defiled? The children didn't defile. The fathers defiled. And because they defiled, then the children what? They were forgotten." Now it goes on to say, "As they were increased, so they sinned against me." Therefore will I change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people, and they, they set their heart on their iniquity. 
And there shall be like people, like priests, and I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their doings. For they shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit a whoredom and shall not increase, because they have left off to take heed to the Lord. Anytime that you leave the ways of God, you're in trouble. Now, you, you know, I, I, I just absolutely um, love the, 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 the whole concept of the fact that we got Judah, our brother over here, and he doesn't even believe Yeshua's come yet, you know. Now, he's getting ready to, okay? But, but I mean, he's over here, and he's got this look when he looks at us. Of course, he don't know. He don't know that we're, you know, who we're Ephraim. And, and he looks over here at us as Christians and goes, <laughs> doggies with those people out in left field. And we're over here looking at Judah going, well, you can look at me, and you go, I don't think so. Then you can look at us. And we took from that, and we took from that, and here we are today. At the greatest crossroad of religion that's ever been on the face of this earth. Not, not to, to, uh, to, come above that of the arrival of uh, Yeshua, Mashiach, the Messiah. But it is moving way up that line to the place that now, all of a sudden, the scales begin to fall off of our eyes. Now, we know Judah over there. We know enough Scripture to know the scales are going to fall off of their eyes. Okay? And they will mourn the one whom they pierced. Yet they claim they didn't kill him. Well, we won't get into that this morning. That's a very, <laughs> that's a very touchy point with the Jews. Okay, <laughs> they get all uh, they get all upset when you get talking to them about the uh, uh, Christ killers. Uh, you know, but the fact they'll get over it, but they will mourn. So we are only fulfilling and and i want you to realize that we're only fulfilling our part of this thing that part over there is, is a work to be done we're a work in progress here okay i i would like to believe that we're a lot further along than we are and and in some of your cases you are most of you are growing quite nicely okay if you will pay attention and keep your the old story your your nose to the grindstone you're you're going to be okay but don't get weary and well-doing. And that's what happens to most of us. Most of us become weary and well-doing. Uh, most of us have a problem with a little bit of success, too. You know what? I, you know, I call it the Barney Fife syndrome. You remember Barney Fife? He had a badge, and the authority that went with that badge he thought was just about everything in town, right? He had a gun, but he only had one bullet, right? <laughs> The Barney Five syndrome happens to people when they have a little bit of success, and and that little a little success can be dangerous because you just want to step back and go, whoa, I've, I've arrived, I've made it. Paul made it very very clear: you will run the race until that day you give up the ghost. Okay, so none of us have arrived. You know, in my in my perspective, or in my ministry, in my life, I know that the anointing must increase every year. I've known it from, for 33 years. 
every year I go back at the end of the year and I begin to look at what the anointing had produced throughout that year in comparison to the year before that. And I begin to realize and begin to, again, you know, you know what the real thing is? You have to begin to realize that you and only you can cause yourself to come forward. All right? Now, I want to go to Genesis, the second chapter, and I, you know, I'm sure more than, uh, more than just a little uh, acquainted with this. And this is probably one of the first uh, things that you were taught in the Bible school or the Bible class in your local churches, all right? But here in Genesis, I want you to understand the spiritual aspect or begin to understand the spiritual aspect of all this. In Genesis, uh, the second chapter, and we're only going to read a small portion here, but the seventh verse says, And the word of the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. All right? Then over in the 15th verse, it says, The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou, thou eatest there, thereof thou shalt die, surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him an and help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them into Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called them, every, every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle, to the fowl, the air, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmate for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of the, his ribs and closed up the place there instead thereof, and the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he woman and brought her unto man. Now, we see through this that the Lord God created perfectly man, took from the rib of Adam, created the woman. The 21st verse says, and they, both, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. What was it about? There was no sin. There was no sin. There was no sin. They lived perfectly. I, I, I have often said, out of all the frustrations that I've been through in my life, when I get a hold of Mr. Adam and Miss Eve, it's their fault. They're the, it's their fault that we're in this mess. <laughs> oh, that's great. You know, we love to point them fingers, don't we? If I'd have been Adam, we'd have been there anyway. If you'd have been Adam, we'd have been there anyway. And girls, if you'd have been Eve, we'd have been there too. The fact of it is, see, God knows the end from the beginning. But God created in the beginning everything pure and everything sinless. And what God was trying to, 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 to do in the beginning was to set that prerequisite for all of mankind to understand that the key is to be sinless, to be pure. Now, as, as, this, as this goes on over into the third, uh, the third uh, chapter here, in the first verse it says, Now the serpent was more substyle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. 
Now, uh, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. Now, was the was the, the serpent on God's side? Nope. And here's what happens to you. You're out here desperately trying to think, okay, I, I want to live right. I want to receive the blessings of God so I can be. And by the way, that's what it's all about. You're to be blessed so you can be a blessing. This isn't about bless God. You, you, uh, bless God, uh, um, please, I hope none of you play the lottery, but if you, if you hit the lottery and you hide the money in the backyard, that's not what this is about. This is about you being blessed to be a blessing to others. And, and the, the, the place where darkness comes in and plays this, because this world is, this room is full of spirit today. Alright? Now, if God lets you ever look in on the, into that world, it'll scare the socks off of you for a while. But that, that world is out there. The, the Scriptures teach that it is the real world. See, we're, around, we're knocking around in the real world in this right here. The real us, which is spirit, which is what this world, real world is about, is being locked up or contained into these bodies until what? Until there is that release, which we call through death, that, bless God, puts us back into the totalness of, of the spirit world. Now, there's some of us that God permits to be able to look in and to operate over to the other side. Major prophets do things like that. So, here you are, and we've been talking about, uh, 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 bless God, uh, getting in a position where you're not judging. All right, that's been kind of the theme here from last night and carried on over this morning because it's just one of many things. And we'll go ahead and use that. And so... You're, you're, you're working on this thing, and, and you're thinking, okay, now every time I judge somebody, I'm going to write it down. Okay, I'm going to get my notebook. I'm going to write down my notebook. And then next week, I'm going to not judge as bad. Okay? And so you're going along, and boy, you, 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 you've gone a month, and you're looking there going, wow, I had 20 of them, and now I'm down to five times just this last this week. I am really dealing well with that. Here comes the devil, okay? He sneaks up on you. He's a sneaky snake, okay? And he sneaks up on you, and bless God, something happens, and you hear this voice say, you don't have to put up with that. That's not a Christian way to be. You tell him, and you tell him. Now, I love this thing that went around a number of years ago, and and it, I think they made... Uh, I don't know whether they made wristbands. I know I saw a pen. What would Jesus do? I thought it was a great idea. What would Jesus do? Well, Jesus wouldn't have done that. Now, once you fall into those traps, and, and folks, these, this is the depth that I didn't really want to get after uh, during this, this seminar, because this is a whole different, this is a whole really different stage of it. But we've got to we've got to touch into it, then we'll go back later on and teach into it. But in order to realize that every time the the worst thing can happen, most people believe that once you're saved, the devil's got nothing else to do with you. That's what most people believe. The fact of it is, once you're saved, you're not going to get a burn in eternity with him. But but you still have to be stopped. 
because you could get someone else saved. And in turn, they could get somebody saved. And before you know it, the whole town could get saved. So darkness's job is to come out because do they know the Word of God? I'm going to tell you something. Satan knows the Word of God probably better than anybody that's ever walked the face of this earth. He knows the Word. He was there with him. Okay? And so he knows... Now, this goes back to some things we did about familiar spirits, which I hope you're still studying. See, all this stuff that I'm giving to you, let me, let me stop quickly. You study it, and it will teach you where you need to be taught today. Three months, six months from now, you go back and study that stuff again, and all of a sudden it's going to teach you in other areas that you didn't, you didn't think you saw or didn't even realize was there the first time you went through it. And that will go on for three, four, five years. So don't, don't think that these are things. And what most of us do, we put it in the, in, the, in the car, whatever that thing's called, and down the road we go and we listen to it. Well, I got it. You all heard me tell the story how I started the first church in this, in this room, and I came in the first morning, and I'd already told them, I said, on a Wednesday night, I want everybody to get yourself one of these right here, one of these. And I want every, every time I minister, I want you to put the title, Write the scriptures down so you can go home and study them. And I and and so I came in the next on Sunday and and I I, I said uh, uh, where's all the how many's got them about I don't know a third of people held up their notebook and I said now folks I want everybody next service to, to, to see I was nice came in the next service and bless God uh, what happened they still didn't have them about half of them didn't have them I just closed the book. Went out the door, and here come this one brother. I said, where are you going? I said, I'm going home. He said, why are you going home? I said, folks, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I know most of you think that, that, that you're genius uh, level. Some of you have got quite, uh, quite good wheels up there in your organs, but you ain't smart enough to get it when you hear it. None of you are, including me. That's the reason you have to study this stuff. And if you're not going to study it, and all you're going to do, I used to give away all the tapes. I thought, nah, I'm going to give them away. So we were making cassette tapes, had a little duplicator that duplicated one tape at a time. And so I would stack them up out there, and boy, they'd disappear. They would disappear, and out the door they'd go, and that was it. And I thought, oh, man, we're doing good. And so I'm praying, and I'm, you know, I'm carrying on with God. And all of a sudden, I saw this one brother's closet, and I saw tapes stacked up in the closet. And... I said, well, what's that? God said, look. And I looked and I said, well, they haven't been opened. He said, no. He said, you give them to them. It don't mean nothing to them. They take them home, throw them in the closet. They're not listening to them. And they're not studying them. He said, quit giving away the tapes. Yes, sir. What is there about that? You know, as a kid growing up, didn't have hardly anything and I got to be 16 years old. Of course, when you're 16, boy, you'd really like to have a car, but I didn't get one. Dad couldn't afford one. I wasn't working. Didn't have a job. But you know, I saw something. The kids that had to buy their own cars weren't the kids going out here spinning the rubber off the wheels. When I finally got a car, I wouldn't have to spend because why? I had to buy the cars. The kids that were given the cars, they're the ones that, oh, well, you know, Dad will put a new set of cars on. Down the road to go. There's something about that, isn't there? Well, there's something about this, and 
And, and it's like I said, folks, I, uh, again, darkness will keep you and give you every reason in the world to study. People say, well, I haven't got time. Oh, yeah, you do. Instead of going home and watching American Idiot, okay, you sit down and you study the Word of God. You study this material. I used to tell the people, I think they believed me for a while, I said, now, at the end of every month, we're going to have an exam. And that one sister come to me, she said, what in the world is this? I said, it's school, honey. See, I'm not just up here, folks, bumping my gums together so I got something to do this weekend, okay? I'm teaching you what I have learned. I'm telling you, you can't and you won't learn it unless you're going to dedicate your life to it. You have to want this more than you want anything else or you ain't going to arrive. Now, some of you in six months, some of you in six years, I'm going to have to sit down and tell you this again. Because human nature is human nature. Somehow we're all looking for an easy way in, right? I got my hand up first. And I'm going to tell you, this old boy tried every shortcut that there was to try. And you want to know something? None of them worked. None of them worked. But the spirit world will come in to steal, kill, and destroy. John 10.10. 10. Christ said, he said, I come that you might have life, to have it more abundantly. But the stinking devil comes to steal from you. The devil wants to steal. So if the devil can get you to become lazy or convince you, see, the devil doesn't put you in an arm lock and the devil doesn't make you do nothing. He suggests to you and then you make the decisions. And the decisions are always based upon how much of God's Word is in here. And if there's not enough of God's Word in here, then bless God, what you have to base it on isn't very much. In fact, you're going to have to base it toward the things of the world. So then you begin to do what? You begin to justify your actions but that which is in your hearts. Write that down. You justify your actions with that which is in your heart. If in your heart is the Word of God, then the decision you will make will be toward the things of God. If the, th the things of God are not, the Word of God is not in your heart, then you're going to turn toward the things of the world and you are going to justify that and then you're going to go do that and then you're going to get mad at me, and then you're going to get mad at God, and then you're going to get mad at everybody else. Well, I tried. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. See, what God is looking for is a quality decision out of all of us. And, and most of us, and, and some of you in this room, have never made a quality decision to serve God. You have made a decision to be, uh, to be born again and to get to heaven. That was a smart one. Okay, that was, that, I, I applaud that. We, we, we've all quit with that, but we've never made a quality decision to serve Him. Now, what is a quality decision? A quality decision is simply this, a decision from whence there is no return. See, that's what a quality decision is. Now, can I say that I have made quality decisions about dieting through the years? Yes. No, I could say that, but it couldn't have been the truth because I had to come to a point in my life where I understood something. 
there aren't any quick fixes. Most of us only are after the things of God in a time of crisis. Then we want the things of God, and we think that, that bless God, that we can attain those things from God. Help! Here I am, Lord. This is me. You remember me, don't you? And that doesn't work that way. I know. I've tried. It's that everyday, consistent walk that you have with Him, with the Word of God being first and foremost in your life. That's what this thing is about. Well, I just can't do it. No, 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 no. No, no, you are justifying the fact that you won't do it. That's strong stuff, folks. It's big-time stuff. Get it. You have control. Say, I have control over my life. Not Satan, but myself. You have the control. Don't you ever let the devil, don't you ever let anybody tell you you can't do that. It is a matter. See, it comes down to the same thing. It's a word problem. That's what the problem comes. It becomes, it, it's a word problem. It's the lack of knowledge of the Word of God in here. Out of the abundance of this, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. You want to know what you believe? The next time you're in a time of crisis, you listen to this thing flop up and down right out here, and you're going to find out how much of God's Word you believe or how much of God's Word you don't believe. That's when you want to start taking, making score sheets. It's when you have... What did you say during that time? Oh, my. Or oh, me. Or did you quote the Word of God and said, I'm standing on this. I kind of, I kind of uh, feel like the old boy one time that was dying of cancer, and he said, well, whether I live or I die, he said, I believe God's a healer. I said, well, brother, you got it made, if you can believe that. And he said, oh, yeah. He said, oh, that's what I believe. I said, you got it made. He said, I don't care if I die. He said, God's a healer. I'll be healed and be in heaven. I never heard anybody. I mean, that's faith. See, it doesn't make any difference whether you live or you die. We belong to Him. The goal is heaven. Yeah, we'll go out here and get hooked up to some of these machines and see if we can live another 30 days. Uh-oh. Oh, that hurt, didn't it? But it's the truth. To every man is appointed a time to live, and to every man is appointed a time to die. I don't care whether you're sitting on the front uh, front porch and on a rocking chair or you're flying 30,000 feet in an airplane or you're on top of a ladder or driving down the road. You have an appointed time and your spirit is going to come out of your body and your spirit is going to scream with joy. I'm free! And forever we will be with Him. This is this is close to hell as most of us is ever going to get, thank God. Well, this is just a little piece of heaven on earth, brother. Not for me, it's not. Okay? There is a heaven. That is our goal. In order for us to attain the goal, the, 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 whole, the principles behind God's theory, which was His own, of the law, the commandments, was to get us in a position... I've been able to get us to present this unto the rest of the world. And that they, do you understand that if, if, if the world would follow this, there would be no wars. 
There would, there, there would be nobody trying to lord over another one. There were, we, we, we would be the brothers and the sisters that we were created to be through, through Abraham. But the, the problem has been is we have looked for different ways in order to... I, I really think that somehow or other we look for a better plan. See, I, I, I've never understood the church saying you, you don't have to worry about being in bondage to the law. What is bondage? What kind of bondage are you living in today keeping Sabbath? Is that bondage? What about Roshadish, the new moon? That's not, that's an easy one to get blessed with. What about these festivals that the Lord God commands? And you know, and folks, as I travel the country and watch, watch some of your eyes and a lot of other eyes light up when I made the statement, I said, God, God commanded us to keep Passover. What do we do? The church decides we'll have Easter. We justified. We decided that bless God that you know that we could come we could come up with it. We had a better idea. And you know something? God's not interested in better ideas. What God is interested in just keep what's in the book. And it, and it's not hard. Oh, people say, well, now I just don't know about all those other folks. I, you know, again, don't get all saddled with all those other whatever. We're not we're not down to you know we're we're not going to we're not you're not going to become orthodox you're not bless God going to get down to having to have two refrigerators and two sets of pots and pans and two sets of dishes and we're, we're you know again we're we're not we're not into that what we are into is bringing you to a point where you're so blessed that your neighbors and your families and your friends are going to come and say to you hey why are you so blessed and you know when this thing's probably going to be the biggest? You want to talk about filling rooms up and doing stuff? Do you realize after this first plague comes through? Do you realize when they come to you and say, how many in your family died? And you said, none. Well, well, uh, you went hungry. No, we didn't go hungry. Well, why? He said, come sit down. Let me show you. You opened the book and said, the death angel passed over us. And you know, I have people, as I said last night, keep saying, well, I'm, we're, we're under the blood of, of Yeshua, of Jesus. And you know what I tell them? I wouldn't bet my life and the life of my family on that. You better be real sure that you know what you think you know. Because we are at a new dispensation. We have come to a brand new time. And a lot of those people that believe they're going to heaven are going to end up burning in hell. And and you say that's not fair. I didn't say anything about God being fair. God makes the rules. The problem with us is can choose the easiest bunch of rules we can get. Now now for instance in in Christianity, the sect of Christianity. Okay, if how many of you have ever been in the old line Pentecostal church? Well, I have. I got my hand up. Okay. Now you girls ought to be real okay with the with the head coverings and 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 you know the you know there we weren't uh, the girls weren't allowed to wear makeup right. No jury, okay. Well, that saved us all money, didn't it, guys? And 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 they and they had oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, don't don't go there, Decker. Just leave that alone. Uh, and 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 bless God, they, of course they had to wear sleeves all down to their you know down here. The guys couldn't wear short sleeve shirts. We had to wear shirt sleeves down here, but that was the worst thing we had to. do. They had to have ankles their ankles covered. You know, everybody wore shirt, skirts. Nobody wore pants. All right. I mean, there was rules that went with this thing. Now, some people look at that and go, 
whoa, I'm going to be a Baptist. You don't have to go through all that. Now, now this 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 redneck here. Before I before I got myself wound up and wrapped up with the Lord God, I was going to be a Catholic. No, no. The reason I was going to be a Catholic, they have their own bars. Okay? They call them Knights of Columbus, but they're just bars. I used to help the priest across the street. Back to his, I call it his cabin, okay? Because he couldn't walk on his own. So I'm saying, well, hey, those people go to church. They got a bar. Don't be stupid, Decker. Get a, join a church with a bar. Being a Jew, you know, we won't get into that, but that's, 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 that's a different story anyway. But, but you see, I, 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 with this, what we did, we, we just looked around and we go, whoa, that's not for me. Whoa, whoa, I'm, what do you mean talking that gibberish? I'm going to be a Methodist. You don't talk in gibberish as, well, they used to. And one time they did. But the fact of it is, well, they don't now. Well, let's be a Methodist, you know. Well, let, 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 let's, well, let's belong to but this or let's belong to that. Oh, I'm going to be a, a seven-day Adventist because they keep the true Sabbath. Now, they got that part right. I'm not sure they got anything else right. I don't know that much about it, but they got that right. But see, here's, here's what God finally showed me. Every one of those movements that we have had all set out here in front of us to be able to choose from, there were places of truth within them. There were places of truth with them. And, and, and so we, we weren't being guided by the, by the prophets because for, for how many generations their prophets, the prophets were on the earth. The prophets have always been on the earth, but they were never allowed in the buildings called church. Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Shemalah, <laughs> 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 <laughs>